Welcome to Stop, Back, and Roll, a podcast about how bad Alexander Dumas is at counting. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we're going to be talking about Brandon's Three Musketeers game, a game definitely about three people, their muskets, and blimps. I'm not alone. Well, not that I was alone last time. But I'm also not alone today. Uh, but this James time, was actually both people last time. Yeah, I do a really good impression. Yeah, yeah. It's really impressive. That's all um, I call an impression. Yeah. Ah. It impresses. Yeah, I was, I was sorry I had to miss. Uh, had a I've just been a bunch of family stuff going on and and sickness and just <laughs> I'm I'm glad it's this week and not any of the past couple of weeks uh but even this week not great <laughs> <laughs> well i do suspect that we will return to austin ramsay's Kalazcon in the future because i am the campaign just closed um and so presumably they will now start begin working on the the uh, the <laughs> podcast, which seems very interesting. And they're doing a whole bunch of interesting things. And I'm really interested to see what works, what doesn't work. And, yeah. And like from the conversation, I don't know um, if you got a chance to listen to it yet, but it does sound like they are kind of yeah, pr- yeah. approaching it with a uh, from a place of like hey we're doing something weird and cool let's take some notes about it and uh (laughs) and so i'm kind of very interested to see where it goes and what happens i'm really pumped to see too um it's uh it's gonna be fun it's it's always fun watching like once the kickstarter's done seeing things like roll out and seeing where Mm -hmm. where things get developed and things get get built up and everything so I'm pumped. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm excited for it's a beam sabers is a fun game, too. So I I have had a blast. I got to play it a short campaign of it once, and I would love to go back and play it again. <laughs> I've unfortunately not had a chance yet. It's pretty good. It's like um, it's in in the way that um, what's a good way to phrase this? In like that there were there have been phases within um within PBTA games where yeah, like yeah. there were like noticeable steps forward in technology in like the game technology around the games. Totally. This like beam saber feels like the beginning of uh, a phase two of forge in the dark games. And Oh, that's cool. And I think like there have been a couple like, like beam saber is really cool. I've been playing this neon black, uh, which is a, uh, a cyberpunk game and they feel mm-hmm. like distinct, not, not like distinctly different from, blades but like they're just doing a little bit more interesting stuff with the kind of the forge in the dark framework and i'm really interested to see where both of them go that that totally makes sense that you'd start to see that right because like you know as long as you're not just retreading the same ground yeah which you start building the new things and build yeah each other's technology and everything like that. i do feel like just because of the the kind of game that it is um, it's a little bit easier for people to fall into the retreading the same ground trap with Forge in the Dark because it's just very it's got a it's got a very strong frame to it, and so I can see people f- like falling into that. Um, but yeah, both. I mean, pe- people sure did retread the same old ground with White Wolf, yeah, and uh, Vampire the Masquerade, which Forged in the Dark's got some similarities. <laughs> Which doesn't say that those things are bad because I think it's got I, yeah, it's I, got a good bones, but I think that both I think that the especially the stuff with like having a second mech, like where you kind of have like a split yeah. character sheet, does some really interesting things and gives you some interesting uh, gives you some interesting alternate choices for yeah, totally. in Beam Saber and and like Neon Black is just doing some some wild stuff with like the community <laughs> and everything everything <laughs> Neon Black adds another phase to the 
the game, not another, not quite another phase, but it adds another step to the game motion. Like normally in a, um, in a Forge in the Dark game, you're alternating between kind of free play uh, downtime stuff and okay. the heist. And yeah. what um, what Neon Black does is it adds to the you do your downtime and then yeah. there is a downtime scene that you specifically okay. play out and there's a list of scenes and you choose them. And once you choose them, you like mark them off and you can't go back and do them again. Um, and they oh, are interesting. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they are things that like push the story in different ways. They force you to step out of your, um, out of your character and play other people. Like you introduce NPCs. You, sometimes you play your characters like going off and like we, we did a beach episode. Um, <laughs> and, um, but like the last time when we did when the, in my last session, we played, uh, the down, one of the downtime scenes was, the the CEOs or the like the executives of one of the evil corporations uh planning to destroy our characters. And so we each nice. made oh, that's fun. C- that's like fun. CEO like executive type characters and made a little plan and then handed it to the GM and was like, here you go. I'm gonna be real. That is fun in every game. Yeah. Like I have I have done that in so many games. I've done that in every game from D to masks to to it. I've, I've done it all over the place. I've done played. I've played that in GURPS. <laughs> and it is always fun to be the players and be like, and now we're going to make the evil lieutenants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like I'm I'm interested to see where the Forge of the Dark kind of technology game goes. Yeah. Because uh, it's uh it's in, it's doing some interesting like, games. I've started to like split off from the kind of core fortune the dark mechanic and, yeah and i yeah. like where they're going i'm re- i'll be really interested to see some of that as well uh i don't have an enormous amount of uh forged in the dark knowledge i almost said forge knowledge <laughs> I, I have more forge knowledge than i would really prefer to have no, that's me <laughs> i have please. no forge knowledge <laughs> please take this from my brain um uh it's not true there's a lot of there's a lot of really good things from the forge um never heard of it <laughs> you're better off. <laughs> <coughs> uh, but uh, Forge in the Dark, I'd love to get to know more of. Yeah. Y- hey, did you read the game that I told you you I had to didn't. read? It's free, uh, James. It's free. And I it's like downloaded 15 it. pages. I downloaded it. It's on my computer. Oh I've been, my God. <laughs> I've been trying to read. Look, I'm about to run a game of Lancer. So I'm trying to read. So trying, trying to reload Lancer into my brain. And but I will find some time to read Repscallion because it does I, sound cool. I'm like, I cannot even tell you how excited I am for this game. It is like, oh. What are like two so, or three okay. things that jump out? Okay, so first, just like to hit like the enthusiasm level, right? I am feeling the way that I felt the first time I read a PBTA game. Cool. Like the first time I read, I Urban Shadows was my first PBTA game that I read, and it blew my mind. And this this is like there is so much built in lore and cool stuff to it that it's just like it's just so neat um and like i think they did a really good job in the creation uh whistler is the author um and i think they did a really good job of um of taking so one of the kind of the bigger weaknesses of pbta games that like your characters can feel a little samey mechanically and found a really good way to make a couple of choices that are like so meaningful. Um, I'm gonna pull up a playbook right now. Um, I I love first off. Okay, let me. <laughs> Repscallion is a game. It is a fantasy pirates game. It is um, uh, it has like it's a lot of like implied world setting. Um, I don't know it, how much that is going to be like described within the actual book because this is the quick start um but i'm in love with the quick start uh i want the quick you, start not the ash can uh yes the the quick start is the more recent one and that's that's the free one that like you know uh i my guess is that this is uh heralding that the 
that the uh the a Kickstarter or crowdfunding of some kind is around the corner. Mm. Um but you play these fantasy pirates and they are so fantasy. So like the captain, right? Captain sounds like relatively simple concept. Uh there there's nothing in it that says like this is a magical thing. Um you Get your captain moves, which lets you do the sort of things you'd expect a captain to do. Uh, you also pick uh, an oddity, which is either sea prince, which means you were once a great pirate lord from the sea. Uh, and like you have like a hidden horde on this world map that you all write together that you draw on the map. Like thing, every th- every character is going to add to the map oh, that. that you're making at the beginning. Uh, Titan killer that you speak the language of Leviathans and like can breathe underwater and have horrific prophetic dreams or possessed that you've got a ghost in you. And so like already, you know, anytime you've got a captain, it's got one of those three things. Any of those can be built out in bizarre ways, bizarre different ways. And then you also pick a kit for your items and the kits are also super weird. Um, It isn't just like you have a weapon. It has like, uh, let me just let me just pick one. Um, an, or, an ornate dagger, fancy noble clothes, a signet ring, heirloom or stolen, marking you as high nobility. Parchment, several bottles of ink, sealing wax, a few land deeds, a hoard of treasure. Uh, and like this is like one of the more like down to earth play <laughs> playbooks. Um, there's others that are like, yeah, you've got uh hair wax and like a ghost that's hidden inside of a book trying to desperately get out. Uh, it's just, it's all so neat. Um, you have like, there's a ship playbook and the ship also has oddities. And like the oddities are like a dragon's heart mm. that <laughs> beats within the chest of the ship. Uh, it's, it's so freaking cool. Um, I want to play it so badly. Uh, I read through and every single playbook, I was like, this is the playbook that I would play (laughs) Uh, until I got to the swashbuckler. And I said, this is the playbook that I would play. And then everyone after that, I said, this is the playbook I would play. No, Brandon, search your heart. (laughs) It's going to be the swashbuckler because you are a parody of yourself. But highly recommend. Go check it out. Magpie is doing the quick start. Whistler did uh, all the writing and the art. And it's just it is. So cool. I want to play it. <laughs> this might this might be one of those games that gets me uh, to actually put aside time and actually play a game. I will learn how to run it if that's useful. I would I would 100 percent play or run this game. I'd be very happy running it also, um, because usually when I pl- uh, read a game and I'm like, I want to play every single playbook. I've, I'm better off just running it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's funny yeah but in uh getting back to kind of stop hack and rolly stuff (laughs) i have made progress on my three musketeers game oh interesting my my long abandoned three musketeers game i've actually been like kind of hitting some some good points in terms of coming up with mechanics i like in general interesting how's that yeah, how's that, um, how's, that, how's that going how's that work how do you do that how do you write games <laughs> i haven't uh, well, so, figured that part out yet so big thing that i would recommend is read things that inspire you mm. and get an easy win because like once you've got that easy win other things start going like all right this will work um like like relatively recently i wrote um the uh, Talento um, playbook for Pasión, and it's uh, it was a lot of fun to write. It was you know it's a playbook. Playbooks are not the hardest part of writing, uh, and I was able to go all right. That's that's El Talento. It's done. I feel really good. I felt energized, and it kicked up everything else, <laughs> and it helped me you know get the other things rolling. Um, but. So this game, I am thinking that it might be fun. Okay. 
if you're playing a Three Musketeers game, you want to have like sword fights, right? No, but yeah, gun no. fights, okay. musket fights. Uh, they're musketeers. Sometimes they've they're musket- they do a lot of sword fighting for musketeers. I don't know much about the I don't know much about the um, Three Musketeers. I just know there's three of them. There's three and of them. Gun fighters. <laughs> that is that's it's, exactly it's literally correct. it's in their there's, name. It's for it to be anything else would be yeah insanity absurd completely yeah yeah Yeah. i watched a movie i think there was a blimp there should probably be blimps (laughs) i think you watched the wrong one is that the one with orlando bloom yeah the good one (laughs) yeah (laughs) excuse me the good three musketeers is the bbc's three musketeers uh with like peter capaldi in it (laughs) i don't think i've seen that Uh, (laughs) oh it's very good he's uh he's the cardinal uh highly recommend Anyway, is there another one coming out? 2023? Probably. <laughs> I'm sure. Hmm. And this time they're going to be real. They're going to have a lot of fun with it. They're going to make four musketeers. Yeah. No. They're going to use swords the entire time. No, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it'll, it'll never work. That's ridiculous. That'll never work. <laughs> yeah. There's only, everyone knows there's three of them and they use guns. <laughs> that would be like if the Count of Monte Cristo was about like a regular guy that wasn't a count. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so you want to have sword fights. But yeah, I don't think you want to have like a tactical war game, right? Like that that doesn't feel swashbuckly in the same way. No, you want and you want you want the 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 Rube Goldberg equivalent of a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you want it to be a thing that you quickly do some things, and then a whole bunch of people fall down, and you go, "Yay!" Yeah. Um. So. What I and like that it's more of to me, it's more about like the relationships and the connections between yeah. people and like what I think is fundamental to the three musketeers is that they are uh, the four of them <laughs> are very capable of taking a sword or a musket and ending the life of anyone around them. And they can do violence extraordinarily well. And if they solve their problem just doing that, then uh they they die <laughs> you know like they are uh superheroes in a world of paper but every single person that they ever interact with can push them around and tell them exactly what to do um and so i think you want to have like that uh that dichotomy of npcs that are just extraordinarily powerful and just push the world around and push you around and tell you what to do and then like you get into a fight and it's like oh you're up against 10 red guards and you're like no problem two of us can handle that without any issue um so what i am looking at doing is having both stats and question rolling Mm. so that when you're like being a superhero and rushing through everything and handling things super, super well, you're rolling with your stats. You're established. You know exactly how to do these things. And then as you like get wounds or get hurt, uh, you lose your ability to use your like more consistent, better result moves and have to make desperate moves. That are done with questions. Mm, interesting. So like fighting, fighting a group of people, you know, things are fine. You're not upset. You can fight a group of people and it's going to go relatively well. You know, like you're not going to die in a fight with a group of people uh, if you are not distressed already. But if you just had a big fight with your lover, the queen. And you marked that condition or like you, you passed a thing on the wound track or something like that. I'm still figuring out health Mm -hmm. a little bit. Then instead of doing a regular move, you roll questions that have to do with like upholding the morality that is important to you. Interesting. And so what I'm thinking that it will even be is that NPCs that you like you align yourself with NPCs and so the questions you roll 
will be related to doing things in alignment with them. So like, let, let's say you have one question that is like, um, it's, it's kind of like, are you doing your honorable thing? Cause they're all about their different, like, you know, duties and everything. And so if your player duty is, uh, to, uh, be always honest, then we're asking, okay, in this action, are you being honest? Are you being always on? Yeah, I know, James, you would never, ever, ever pick that. No, no, I'm laughing. No, oh, you're laughing it's, it's so much worse. I'm laughing because you said player duty. <laughs> My God. I'm sorry. I'm disrupting. <laughs> it's all right. So you picked, uh, like, you know, uh, are, are, are you being honest? Yeah. Is yours, right? Um, <laughs> no. The answer's no. The answer is no. You're also a member of the Musketeers. And so you always have the question, like, are you... And then this is picked like by the group, right? So it's like, are you protecting the king? Are you maintaining order? Are you protecting the people in your, are you protecting the musketeers? And like that question will be the same for all the players mm -hmm. because they're all musketeers. Um, and then the third question will be the NPC that you're aligned with. And so like, if you, if one of the NPCs on the table is like the lover, and that has like, are you, are you being, are you being loyal to my love? Then you get the plus for that. Or like, uh, if you're going like, you know, your NPC is, is the, is the, the religious one, you know, the, the, the priest or whatever, uh, then it's like, are you, are you trusted in God or whatever it is? Uh, and so by doing those things, you really encourage the players to, when they are desperate, fall back on doing the things that are their duties. Those more like desperate moves are worse. Mm -hmm. um, they potentially have like, I'm thinking that what they'll maybe have is like, um, like a 12 plus result. Like they'll have like a 12 plus result and then like a, I don't know, like an eight to 11. Uh, so it's like a little harder to do. And also the results of them, a failure on those results would be worse. And a seven to nine on those or a mid range result on those would be worse. So are you thinking, sorry, I'm trying to make sure that I've, I've interpreted yeah. this or that I've ingested this, this new, new thing um, that you have, you have basic stats. And so when you're taking like basic actions to fight and stuff like that, you roll with the stat. But then when you're in like yeah. a desperate circumstance, you you roll with questions about about your circumstance. Yeah, and those are really like two separate moves. I went on. Yeah, and they'll be like moves that are tied to each other. Yeah. And so like, I'm kind of thinking it'll be a shorter list of moves. I think. Um, I you you'll be happy. I was thinking like fourish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the perfect number. Um, and there will just be a version for like you're disciplined and you're desperate. Um. That like, you know, when you're when you're just going through the motions, you're you're in a controlled situation, then you're then you're rolling the the easier move. Uh, and it's just basing on your stats, you know, so you, you can you're likely going to be doing relatively well and the, the fallout from it will not be as bad uh, versus when things are more desperate. It's more uh, more chaotic results. What? I want to I want to take you down a, a, a I want to I want to investigate a thing that I thought of while you were while you were describing that. Okay, go ahead and that, uh, roll 2d6 plus your investment. <laughs> that I think is probably not where you're going with this, but I want to put this idea out there in case it's something that you're yeah. interested in because what so this is what I was thinking. I I sort of like um what if you had whatever like four or five you had some number of basic moves, right? Yeah. And um, you had a condition related to each of them, kind of the way mm -hmm. that most, a lot of PBTA games do. Um, yeah. But that when you marked that condition, it flipped that move from being one that you rolled with stats to being one that you rolled with questions. That's exactly what I'm talking about, okay. Dylan. Okay, I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no, you, 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 you totally got it. Because I love and like, because, like, again, so this is like, I, 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 I can't stop. I've, I've been thinking about 
um, I've been thinking about the game of, of Passion that I played recently, <laughs> that I played a while ago. Um, yeah. But uh, I love, because I played El Vivador, um, and, I, and I loved that, like, when you, um, where is it? I'm pulling up the thing. You have, I had the Sacred Heart move, uh, Secret Heart. And so when I, you have this, like, switch where you, like, you, like, when you mark a condition, you change from being this kind of lighthearted, uh, uh, like, kind of, like, uh, life of the party character to being this person who's, like, darkly obsessed with one thing and trying to solve mm-hmm. a mystery. And, like, that big shift in the character. And I really like that. And I kind of love the idea of, like, characters who are, like, like um, musketeers who are sure of themselves just get to yeah. roll with their stats. But when they start to doubt themselves, then they have to roll with questions. Totally. Yeah. And that's and uh, <laughs> you've actually caught exactly what prompted my thinking about it was like playing with El Vivador and playing in that kind of like space. Because um, I think that, that that's a lot of fun, you know, like having that is that is what the Musketeers are. Right. Is like mm-hmm. we're we're a bunch of fun having fun having fun loving rowdy boys. Uh, and then they're like, yeah, everything is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I like, I like it that it, n- now we have to go kill somebody. I like that it could kind of be like a little bit mix ma- mismatched though. Like, so that yeah. maybe you're like having, you're doing some combat and you're still just like rolling with your stat because you're very confident yeah. about that. But then you're like trying to like have this conversation with this, this person that you're in love with and that you're not sure about. Mm-hmm. And so you have to roll with questions. Yeah. And and then when you're rolling with those questions, like, you know, you might be getting your 12 plus result and you're like, oh, thank God. And things go yeah. really well, you know, or you get seven to nine and it's like, oh, this seven to nine is like almost as bad as a miss yeah. on the regular move. Yeah, but I, I like that as opposed to like, like one condition that flips you back and forth yeah. between question mode and. Well, yeah, no, it, it's each mode. question separately. Yeah, yeah I like that yeah. a lot. And uh, and I think that like. There will also be, like, because the move because the characters are being dragged around by NPCs. Like, I think the NPCs are on the board with like playbooks, yeah. That like have more, like, maybe even like your your moves are determined primarily by the NPCs. Hmm, could even be fun. Interesting. Um. Like ra- it's oh. like I, like rather than rather than like picking moves, you would like pick an NPC who gives you a move, or like yeah, and you're like a yeah yeah, and like or supplemental too, like you know maybe I feel like the playbook for the musketeer is a little more simple, and is maybe even like everyone has just a musketeer playbook, like more like a character sheet, and then you're going like okay, but I am. I'm aligned to this character. And so we have given this NPC has these two moves. And like this move says, like, you know, a musketeer aligned with this character can do X thing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you need to like, you know, you might change who you're aligned to and your your moves change a little bit. But I feel <laughs> like that's kind of that's kind of cool and fun too. It would right? be wild to like, okay, so if you had if you had a I'm just envisioning like a playbook. Like if you have a playbook yeah. and you have it does this the standard like PBTA, like choose two of these these seven, like five moves or whatever. Yeah. And those five moves are they're like framed as like here are people who like NPCs you can choose to bring into the story that you think are interesting. Yeah. And each one gives you a move. But then like they kind of they could do this maybe like a, a more advanced version of the like the the, the um, Passion NPC thing where you like you do something to take control of them. Where yeah. so maybe you bring an NPC in who's like your romantic interest and they give you a move. But if during the game I do something that takes control mm. of them, now it's my move and my and the NPC. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and like <laughs> like trading NPCs between characters yeah. as they like as the swirl of romance and uh and gameplay. And and I feel like there is like I think that there should be a possibility of like changing your NPCs around. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. like, because like, if you think about like, I, I don't know, are, how familiar are you with the Three Musketeers? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, not super. Okay, I did um, watch that movie though. 
<laughs> like probably probably the simple like the 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 easiest example from it is uh Athos and Milady de Winter. Um I guess it, 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 do either of those <laughs> ring any sort I mean of I know that I know I vaguely know the names <laughs> of the musketeers. Okay, okay. Um but like being connect I feel like being connected like having the NPCs as this like big presence on the board like as like as big as a playbook yeah i think like really encourages like rooting the stories within those connections and so like we get to to have much more attention to like athos's uh horrific desire to <laughs> kill his wife uh and like you know like aramis and the battle like the battle within him of, of faith and love and everything um and having i think having that on the table like encourages you to go like this adventure we're doing right now of course the main thing it's about our uh our camaraderie together our you know our our team but also you would then like as a person running the game be going okay uh how do i make sure that three out of the five npcs that are involved in this group are really important you know yeah yeah it also lets you do things so just to like bring this back to a <laughs> to bring this back to neon black the pb the the fortune of the dark game that i've been playing um it one of the things that it is clearly trying to do is make you have like you so when you have a playbook for your um for the community and one of the things yeah. you have on it is is community contacts where like people that you know in the community and okay so it tries to make them very like present and so one of the yeah. things that every one of the the, the contacts and, and whenever you add a contact to that, because so it gives you some that you can choose from. But as you play, you can add more. And one of the things that every contact has to have is something that they need. And that is supposed yeah. to be like, yeah. like, like there's the there's the community leader who needs more income uh, to support the, the community or like the bar owner who wants the cops to stop hanging out or a vending yeah. machine that's sentient and wants a human body. And those are all supposed to be things that like they can be um, they can be things that are central to like a heist that you do. Like, yeah, we, like so we we have a character who is having a romantic relationship with the vending machine who wants a body. And so step one of, of, of solving that that of their need and taking care of them was uh, a vending machine heist to go into the corporate building okay. where they are where they are housed and stealing the and physical steal the vending, vending machine. machine. Yeah. <laughs> and then step two will be getting them a body. But like. Yeah, because during that heist, we uh, we blew th we blew some things up and we maybe uh, outed the the CEO of the company as just like a raging pervert. Um, OK, okay. It, it brought a lot of heat to our neighborhood. And so because we had not been paying attention to the bar owner who didn't want the cops to stick around. Yeah, they got kidnapped and the bar was burned. OK, down. and then it became this like it, it, it like you have to like balance all of the 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 needs of all of your different community members and so yeah. if, if like you have if you have a bunch of moves that are associated with characters and then in addition to the moves they all have needs yeah that you're yeah, that's trying to like great. trying to help kind of manage you get this big swirling mess of 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 everything yeah that, that sounds very good i think it i think it would be fun and like i think that there could be a lot of fun with setting up how the NPC, how you relate to the NPCs, mm -hmm. because having an NPC as an enemy is just as important in this book as like in like this, this book in this media property as having an NPC that likes you. Yeah. Right. Like having a bitter rival that you hate has the should be able to give you moves yeah 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 <laughs> just the complications with them are that they might be trying to kill you versus like the complications that would arise from your lover from uh the the king or from whoever is uh is like things that they might ask you to do or things that they would like to have or things that would make them happy and that also, if them being in like a like if they have different moves depending on their relationship or if they give you a different move depending on your oh, relationship, that could be fun too. then it makes you it makes you do a little bit of meta like, OK, I really like thinking of like, oh, I like I started off with this character like this this sheriff as my rival. 
but I re- yeah. I've come to really like the move they give me. So do I want <laughs> to like swing them around to being an ally or do I want to leave mm. them as a rival? <laughs> because yeah. it's interesting to have that move or maybe I just really like them. Like I hate this move, but I really like the, I would, I would rather have the ally move, but I really like the character yeah. as a villain. So do I want to yeah. befriend them? And, and then like, I think the big thing is just making sure that it is that it is mechanically very difficult to have like a situation where you go like, all right, we just have to kill this person. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like whether it's like some enormous fallout that is guaranteed to happen, like they've got like the death moves from uh inverse world or whatever. Or like if uh if it's like just a rule that says you cannot kill this person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless. <laughs> hmm. uh, and so like, I think that part of it is finding the fun ways that you interact with them and like put them on higher, like it, it disadvantage them, advantage them and giving them like cool things that they can do. Like, I'd, I'd love to see a thing where it's like, all right, we stopped this person from doing their thing. So we mark their clock and it's like, Oh, and when you mark their clock, uh, now there are uh, there's an increased red guard presence in the city, and uh, you have to deal with uh, ten people arriving right now. <laughs> Get your swords out. Yeah, I like that a lot because it kind of I feel like, like I feel like there's fun there. It takes the um, it takes the kind of uh, uh, like like put a whole bunch of NPCs with or a, a bunch of PCs. Um, with a few NPCs who have interwound relationships and like just like wind it all up until it's tight and then release it thing that like yeah. that like Passion does and that a couple other PBTA games do and it like it says what if like that was the entire focus of the game what if the NPCs were the like core plot and just yeah. kind of like let that whirlwind happen <laughs> and maybe when the yeah. whirlwind the, stops like, that's the... a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like like the players aren't I like that it takes oh, I like that it takes away a lot of like power of choice from the players in terms of like what they're doing mm-hmm. and pushes it towards like how are you doing this yeah are you okay with doing this how do you do these commands and still live with yourself Which right that that feels very three musketeers yeah exactly like you know like having an order from having an, an order from uh, on top that it's like, you have to do this. And it's like, like, uh, we don't want to do that. Uh, bad news. It is what is demanded. You're going to do this or else, you know? Yeah. So how do you, how do you live with yourself? How do you, how do you sort of s- follow the letter of the order, but not the, <laughs> the, the, like, yeah, the intent? Yeah. Um, how do you exactly. do this? Like without- a, yeah. In, in this realm, in this realm, in this like politics realm, you have no power. Yeah. Uh, and then you go out into the world where you are a superhero. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> like, dichotomy. Right? Like, who would... You You, you sit, stand there and, like, you, you roll well a couple times. It's like, yeah, you've taken out 15 guys. Uh, and now it's like, all right, well, we better go talk to that old priest that we're all terrified of. Yeah. <laughs> who none of us would raise a finger against. No, because it is it is too risky. <laughs> We keep our voices nice and level while we talk in this one. Yeah. And, but then you've got the wrong thing marked off. And so you have to use your desperate move and you know, that's, that's where it all gets chaos. Yeah. And then there's a blimp or something. And then there's a blimp. Yeah. I think uh, there's a blimp. And, and there's only going to be three musketeers and it's going to be muskets only. Yeah. Just muskets. Yeah. Just like the book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and you have you have two modes, all for one mode or one for all yes. mode. Yeah, and you flip between them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but we've but nailed that's it. kind of where yeah, we've nailed it. Episode. We're unfortunately twenty minutes shy of a full episode. <laughs> it does. Part I, part of the issue is just that I, I'm kind of early in some of the production of mm-hmm. this. Um. I, I want to um I, I want to figure out like I I want to figure out like if like w- what I need to include to make the characters feel interesting 
while keeping them relatively quick. Yeah. So that like the focus of like character creation and stuff like that can be on this broad, this higher level. I really like the idea of like, like it's a thing that happens a little bit in most games, but if you, if you like, if you like you, when you choose a playbook in a, in a PBTA game, you are kind of to some extent signaling to the, to the GM and other players what kind of a story you're interested in telling yeah, because you totally. bring that in. And so if like, if you are playing the musketeer who is more focused on romance and then you like throw into the central pile, a bunch of the romantic interest NPCs, like yeah. that sort of signals like, and it not only signals, but also mechanically en- enables yeah. <laughs> a bunch of romance to happen in the game. If you are the, the 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 musketeer who specializes in the big muskets or something then maybe you bring the, in like a <laughs> the, the big muskets you bring in like a, the a big muskets yeah you bring in like a powerful airship captain who has cannons <laughs> and stuff like that um but like <laughs> a blimp yeah, yeah, blimp. yeah if you're a blimpist um but like and then i i again i maybe this is just like me but i do really like the idea of like when you when you choose maybe because so like like if I were designing this game without you, yeah. <laughs> if I were designing it without you, <laughs> then like the playbook, you would you would have like your basic information, but then you'd have like note card sized things that were like yeah. the um the the different NPCs. And so if again, so if it's this if it's the framework of like your you have your like a playbook with your feature and stuff like that, and then you're gonna choose two of the five NPCs to give you moves, you would get to yeah. choose two of those five. And then throw the other three into a central pool somewhere that are out in the world, but not claimed by you. So that like during play, other characters could do something to win that character and take sort of possession of that NPC, like bring them into their sphere of influence. And so then like you would be swapping moves as you swap control of the NPCs. And so you're you're influencing like what kind of a whirlwind we're playing in if there are a lot of romantic suitors, because and interesting to the extent where maybe you could end up with none of the romantic suitors in your control but all Mm -hmm. of the the blimps uh, all the blimps yeah yeah. (laughs) um i know so much about uh about (laughs) the three musketeers but yeah i I just like the. it's it's very funny that i gave you two choices of what to talk about and you were like the three musketeers yeah (laughs) but so that's like that's and i I think that's an interesting thing because i love the like the 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 doing things to control or to 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 win the the heart of an npc thing from passion and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i love the npcs as moves and and other and like plot elements yeah and i just like the idea of passing of like mixing that and sort of being yeah. a little free form with your moves and and like swapping between players uh for like control of things and like now they get to do the cool blimp move because they took over the blimp captain it's it's so interesting because i was almost i was visualizing them less like the npc cards and more like a um like a crew like a crew playbook yeah um, i mean i still i still think it plays kind of like that a little bit but yeah i like the npcs being very distinct yes definitely definitely agreed um i was also thinking in terms of them as I was thinking of them in terms of their relationship to you mm-hmm. that like you would write down you'd circle a name write a name whatever choose a couple things about them um just like you were right creating a a player character uh yeah, okay and then like I mean I could still advance, see you doing that yeah yeah and then like kind of like advancement in the game is like moving their plots around and so, like, you're making changes to, like, what influence they have in the city and what influence they have over you, what resources they have. Mm-hmm. Um, depending a little bit upon what the playbook is. Um, but that's where I just love the idea of, like, if, if, a, if an NPC is, like, key, where you have to do yeah. a certain number of things to advance their plot. Like, say there's, yeah. say there's, like, three story beats you have to hit to advance their plot. And they are sort of within your sphere of influence because they are your your villain and or like yeah. they're your personal antagonist. And so you do two of the story beats 
but then something happens and you have to give them up. Like you have to to like maybe you forgive them or you or they right. like whatever they go back into the pool. Someone else totally can, totally someone else can take over there. Like somebody else like offends them deeply. Um, yeah, and then they can then finish the plot and hit that last story beat that you sort of set up yeah. and teed up. And I'll, I kind of like that. I like that too. Yeah, like just having. I think there definitely should be space for like, uh, no, I, I need to like, you know, like something else has caught my attention because these are, you know, these are the type of characters <laughs> that something else has caught my attention, but because is very likely. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I like the idea of like having them as cards that sort of sit on the table between you, because that yeah. even if they're not in your control, you still put them into the play. And so they're still around. Like the, the GM yeah, can still yeah. use them as characters. Um, they're just not like you're just not aligned. You're not aligned them. with them, and or like you have a little less control over them. Like the GM has more control over them. Oh, my intention was from the beginning for them to be like a shared yeah, table yeah, resource yeah, yeah. that you're like handing around and everything like that. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it. I think it. It has some possibilities. Um. And uh, and then obviously, like, you know, just uh, standard PBTA stuff. You make sure that your moves like work for things Okay. like, you know, I'm not battling a group of people should be easy mode. I just confirmed that I didn't make this up. This movie does have an airship in it. It does. Yes. I've never seen it, you should. but it does have an airship. It's in an it. incredible movie. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's an incredible movie. It's an incredible movie. I recently. Yeah. Um, I, this is a tangent and this is not. how many, how many stars would you get? What percentage would you give it? Um, and what percentage do you think Rotten Tomatoes gives it? How, do they rate out of five out of 10? What do they? I think they, they do a percentage, they do right? a percentage. I would say it's, it, it's a, it's a Paul W.S. Anderson movie with Matthew McFadden, Logan Lerman. I don't know any of these people. Mila Jovovich, Luke Evans. Was that 2011? Mickelson. Yeah. 2011. Orlando Bloom and Christoph Waltz. It's a that's like a solid 80, 80 percent. OK, uh, that's your rating or that's, that's the rating, rating that you yeah. think Rotten Tomatoes. OK, what, what do you think that Rotten Tomatoes has? Oh, probably like 30, maybe 40 at the highest. OK, well, well done. The audience score of 39 and a tomato it's, meter of 26. It's better than that, though. It's better than that. It's better, it's than, better that. than that. Um, <laughs> the way that I put it, the way that I put it on on Twitter the other day was like the thing that I want out of a movie more than anything else in the world is to see attractive people in a bad movie. And and this is like, it's just exactly that. Like Mila Jovovich and, and, and Orlando Bloom together as in a movie doing Three Musketeers stuff. Perfect. It's perfection. Incredible. With an airship. It's so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch this movie. You probably need to watch this movie. You really do movie. need to watch this movie. It's, it's genuinely worth it, seeing at least once. It, you know what I will say? I think it's more highly rated than the Mickey Mouse Three Musketeers. Oh no, it is not. Yeah, I was going to say that seems wrong. <laughs> the, the, uh, if, at a fifty and a thirty-six. But this has an so. airship. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's got it's got all three Musketeers. <laughs> James, how will people? know whether they can trust our recommendations from games if we give them movie recommendations like 2011's The Three Musketeers. I genu- like, seriously, I need to watch this movie again. I genuinely do think this is a good movie that you should watch. And I want... Uh, I, that's, this is, okay, here's my hot take. Okay. This is the problem with indie games these days. People are trying to make their yeah. games too good. Yeah, I don't want, you know what? I don't want good movies. <laughs> I want bad movies and I want to play bad games. I want to play a game that is like that is good in the bad way that bad movies are good. <laughs> Someone make me that game. I <laughs> That's why D&D is so big cuz it's just bad. Okay, okay, but hold hold up. We've well I, established I think... that. I think you might actually be onto something with this. Mm-hmm. We're going to this brief philosophy of games thing. Uh, if the purpose of a game is to spend time with your friends, 
and pick neat things. Yeah. Which I think is really conceivably a huge purpose that a ton of people have for playing games. Then D&D would scratch that itch, right? And if the purpose of movies is to get together with your friends and see some things that are exciting, then I'm sure that that movie provides that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's about finding the purpose of the fun, right? Yeah. Like, like, and I think that I agree with you that more people making less perfect games in order to make them fun in whatever way that they're targeting would be a good thing. I think, I think we do have a bit of an obsession with the final product and the perfect game and everything like that. And I think that that a lot of that is driven by needing to eat and (laughs) needing to make money off of games and everything like that. Uh, but I, I love, I love the idea of just making a game and just dropping it and like, Oh, this game, like, Oh, mechanically this game doesn't work. Yeah. But it has like a, like a, a bird that you can get for, for two character points that shoots lasers from its eyes. Yeah. And it's like, yes, that is a good game. (laughs) The game that I get to pick that is a good game. God, this movie, I'm remembering watching this movie now. Just looking at pictures from it. It's all Are you feeling like it's better or worse as you start to remember more? Um I think better. I don't know that you think I, I don't know that I I don't know that I Hmm. I need to I don't know. I think I'm stick I think I'm sticking with 80. Maybe maybe okay. maybe a little okay. bit lower. Maybe maybe like 75. <laughs> 75 80 is where I feel like this movie is. Pretty high. Yeah. It's one of the better bad movies. <laughs> it's not like it's not like like uh, like the top of this. It's not like the room levels. Well, I, I, of like that, bad. that's not the kind of bad that I like. Though. That's, that's a whole. And I haven't thing, seen. Though. I haven't yeah, seen yeah. the room. Like really? No, I haven't. It's not. It's not my thing. But like like Fast Five is like a one hundred percent out of out of a hundred bad. Yeah, yeah good, of course. Good bad movie. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the ideal. No. Yeah, but but. It, but you you're saying something so uncontroversial <laughs> that like you know yeah. everyone knows that yeah and i think that i think that i don't know that it was perfect this is uncontroversially a good movie no it's it's a bad movie no okay it's a bad okay. movie fast five is a bad movie in the best way <laughs> okay first off how dare you <laughs> it's a bad movie in the best way it may <laughs> um and and i think that this three musketeers movie just kind of starts to get there you just you gotta see it you gotta see it before you can make a judgment call on it it's so ridiculous (laughs) i will see it i will see it i've i remember when i saw trailers i was like someone is making sky captain the world of tomorrow yeah as a three musketeers movie yeah I remember it, I watched it because it was whenever you were watching whatever good Three Musketeers was out. Okay. And I couldn't find it or couldn't bring myself to watch a good thing. So instead I watched this move, this bad movie. Okay. okay. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Good. I'm glad you have no regrets. <laughs> I am actually kind of looking forward to seeing it. I, li- I like a good, good, bad action movie. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm I'm like not writing a good bad action no. game. I should just be writing a good bad action yeah. game. I am writing a good bad you action are. game. I'm making Rad Crawl. The whole time that I've been that we've been talking about this, I've been this is this is here's my here's my like they my call to action for the people of our, who are listening to this podcast. Okay. In in My Hero Academia, which is an anime, so I'm sure you know nothing about it. Um. Uh, I do. It's a superhero it's a school. Superhero. There are with um. An American guy who's big. One of the like and a bunny. I don't. I don't. I don't know about and a that. frog. It's definitely a frog. I don't think. This okay. Is a, I don't think this is really a spoiler. But like the big hero is. Let's see if I can remember. Academia. This, if I get this correctly. The big hero is ha, their power is all for one, or one for all. Sorry, one for all. And then the villain is all for one. Okay. Okay. And and nothing else has to do with the musketeers, musketeers at, at, at all. all. <laughs> and 
and I just wish that I could understand why they made this one reference. <laughs> That's extremely funny because honestly, the all for one, one for all thing is like something that I looked at and was like, meh. <laughs> That's not that important to what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I should absolutely be making it so like team actions are like important and everything like that. And I can't, I just can't get myself to care about that. Mm. Yeah. That's an all for one thing. I, I'm, I'm much more all for one. Yeah. I've always, I've always said communities are bad. Yeah. That's and we should not support communities. Brandon is, is extremely anti-community. Definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what um. You have to go watch the Three Musketeers movie. There's a lot of good like group fighting, and I'll think that it'll inspire you to come up with some moves that are. Instead of doing that, go go read Rapscallion. Okay, I'll promise that I will Rapscallion watch. I'll, is, I'll read Rapscallion. Is good, good. <laughs> it's, I'm gonna be back in that at like a. Uh, at the highest level I can financially convince myself to do. <laughs> like I'm going to be looking at my finances before making decisions. Yeah. On how to back a rapscallion. Uh, I'm still recovering from backing Pession. I don't think I've backed anything. <laughs> very little else <laughs> since. And I have no regrets. I tried very hard to fight you on backing Pession. It's the way that you back Pession. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I, yeah. Here we are, basically, at the end of this episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. I, I feel like that's kind of where I am with Three Musketeers. Um, I, I also, unfortunately, like just got hit with like a bolt of inspiration on how I want to do the roguelike arena, uh, arena dungeon crawling of Radcrawl. And so I think I'm going to make a little like ex Google Sheets sheet. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where you play it. Because I've come up with an idea that would let you like randomize, like pull a random card, right? Based on randomized attributes. Uh, so the, like the card itself. Okay, let me briefly. Uh, I think I figured out a way to pull a random card and like fill it in on a place and then have you have like a unique ID for it that you punch into your character sheet and it fills in the card with your stat bonuses. Mm. And with that, I think I've figured out a way that you can have like achievements in the game or like level ups in the game that you check off and then cards get added to your draw pile. Hmm. So you could like level up and go like, I, for this level up, I'm, I'm getting rare, ac I'm getting new axes or like I'm getting more powerful X or whatever. And then that gets added to your draw pile to like your, your deck. And then when you're playing online with people, everybody draws a card and like, oh, I got a card I don't really want to use. Let me send you the code for it. Like, you know, the code is whatever it is, six digits or something. And then they just put it onto their sheet and they have that card for that run. Interesting. And I think I figured out how to do that. <laughs> and I don't know if that's fun. But I think it could be an interesting thing. To, to if nothing else, I think it's a fun little thing to fiddle around with. But I love the idea of going like. Of like having a base deck that you're then able to like add to by playing multiple runs because that's very roguelikey. Yeah, yeah. And it like it would require everybody sitting there with Excel in front of them. <laughs> it's a it's a but this Discord is haunted hack called this Excel sheet is haunted. This Excel sheet is haunted. <laughs> but like, how cool would it be to go like, uh, like you know, oh, uh. If you beat this level, you click the button and now there's five new cards the next time you draw a card. Yeah, I think that's neat. Mm -hmm. That's doable, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely doable. Um, because you, you could just set up like rerun. It, it, it's doable. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like 99% certain. Yeah. Uh, 
And I think I could even do it in a way that it would be easy to maintain your own sheet with like a catalog hmm. and like have updates come out. I've got a relatively clear idea of how to do that. The one thing I don't know how to do is how to make it easy to bring your achievements over. But that's 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 code talk. That's probably beyond the purview of our yeah. of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be neat, though. I'm going to start I'm going to start building it and see if it looks fun or not. I've been this is not really game design related, but it's game running related. I've been playing around with using chat GPT and in, in running games. Yeah, um, like feeding feeding facts about the universe and the lore into chat GPT. And then like so the one thing I've been trying to do right now is which is a little bit weirdly backwards is like so you can tell chat GPT to play a character like you give it a okay. character and you say this is your character when you respond to me in this conversation respond as though yeah. you were that character as though you are this and character. So the character I've been trying to get it to to emulate is CompCon, the AI assistant in lancer <laughs> and so i want to be able because because my goal is i want to be able to feed it information about like the mission and then have it spit yeah. out like a, a an ai style an ai style like description of it um and exactly how an ai would yeah just like how an AI. it's it's a weird it's a weird kind of synergy like, there like an 80s like a like a movie ai yeah and would so, sound and and lancer and and um and battle group the, the starship version of it give you a, yeah. they give you like um a, a formatting guide like when you are writing and like they literally they say like if you are writing they do. output Jeez. like use like here's how you should format things like you should open yeah. your conversation with like whatever uh, uh a greater than sign slash slash and then in print in like in in brackets your name and talk that's so funny it's yeah it's good that's so good um i think battle group in particular is designed to be play is is designed with play by post in mind and so they're assuming yeah. that you're you might be you might be playing and so you could kind of like issue your ship commands in character um there's a whole oh, chapter on great. it which is very cool and so i've been trying to get chat yeah. gpt to respond like that um <laughs> <laughs> how's it going it's been it's been interesting um okay i know cool. the guy who's been running the um the neon black game that we've been doing has been doing the same thing um and trying to get it to like every once in a while he'll read us a an ai generated like advertisement for some cyberpunk thing like whenever we whenever we kind of try to, try to go buy a new piece of cyberware he'll have it generate yeah. like a description of the cyberware for us or something like that Whenever we run into some new horrible cyberpunk uh, corporation, he'll like generate an ad for some product they're selling. Yeah. And it's like the stuff that it's like great at. So, yeah, that's that's the ideal use case for it. <laughs> so that's that's what I've been trying to mess around with. So and and it's the uh, it's the moral use case of A.I. of, mm -hmm. of bits <laughs> making bits yeah. the best way to use A.I. <laughs> yep. 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 The best, the best thing I ever did was task hole. I asked, I asked uh, ChatGPT to, to to write me a product description for task hole, which is a task a to do list app where you just throw all your to do to do, to -do items into a hole and then don't do them. And then don't do them. <laughs> and, and it generated the funniest ad. So this is this is the future we deserve, where we teach robots to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks we're going to teach them war <laughs> and they're going to come back and destroy us. But that's not true. We're going to teach them jokes and bits and they're going to come back and be funnier than us. <laughs> that's 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 the dream. Mm -hmm. Then we won't have to be funny. Yeah. Which yeah. is such a burden, really. A <laughs> it's, post it's the a post humor. <laughs> it's, it's the, the gr humanity's greatest burden is having to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it's anyway. a good thing we're unburdened yeah, from that as podcasters. Yeah. We never try that and we never succeed. No. Speaking of being funny. Um if Oh you, yeah, now we gotta come up with a funny thing to if say. If you wanna <laughs> chat GPT help me. Yeah. Um if you Are you doing it? If you have a if you okay, so if you have a great thing that isn't um so yeah, so if you can explain to me what on earth the reference to the the one small reference to the three musketeers in um in my hero academia then you can tweet at me uh or both of us where oh god i've i've talked to myself into a circle here but if you can find us both on twitter is what i'm trying to say uh where we are at stop heck and roll or individually you can explain my hero academia to me where i am at into the meltdowns 
And uh, don't bring it to me because uh, I won't have enough context for it, but I'm at Leon Gambetta. You can find uh, our site with some of the things listed. You'd think by now I'd met nope. 142 episodes. Uh, I wouldn't at think www. that. At www.stopbackandroll.com. Um, you can, we make Did the, I say the thing? Yeah, you got close enough. I have, I have okay. 142 episodes of, of experience that tells me that you don't know what the script is. That's what it is. That's fine. <laughs> Um, I'm trying trying desperately to we, find a robot who will write the end joke for us. <laughs> when we make this podcast with the support of our Patreon backers, people like Jens Brower, uh, Alpha Loose, Larry Asmuth, uh, Ollie Jeffrey, Magpie Mirror Test, Randy Lubin, Cheesy McSqueezy, The Flying Minotaur, Spellbound Mage, and Alice Kira. If you'd like to help support the show or all future shows, check us out at patreon.com slash stop hack and roll. If you'd like to help us, but uh, in a non-monetary way, consider joining our community to help us out that way. You can find our Discord at discord.stopbackandroll.com. <laughs> Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right, so now I'm going to go ahead and hand this on over to ChatGPT. All right, it's that time of the show where I share a joke with you all. Today's joke is inspired by our discussion on games and the Three Musketeers. Why did the Three Musketeers refuse to play cards with the king? Because he always had a royal flush. Ha! I hope that gave you a chuckle. And before we go, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. I, I asked I did it not understand what I was trying to do. I asked it, write me a joke that ends with reminding people to stop back and roll. And so it wrote, why did the computer go to the doctor? Because it had viruses. But seriously, folks, remember to always practice safe computing and stop hack and roll. <laughs>